0: My name is Kamala Burton.
1: I'm Taylor. I am Jessica. Derek. We're XR Church. Angie Wachner. Clave. Caitlin. Carissa Mars. I'm Clark. I'm
0: Kelly Goff. Andrew Winston. Joe. Shana. Jesus. Alex O'Toole. From Tupelo, Mississippi. From Round Rock, Texas. From Lincoln, Nebraska.
1: From Tulsa, Oklahoma. From Phoenix, Arizona.
0: From Salt Lake City, Utah. Juana, Mexico. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm
1: from Orange County, California. And I, and, I and, I and I am. And I am. And I am. I am. And I am. Yo soy. Leading second. leading second. I'm leading 2nd Leading second. leading second.
0: Second. Leading Second. Hey, everyone. Welcome to season three of the Leading Second podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart, and my wife Lindsay and I have the incredible honor of leading this tribe of uncommon church builders that we call Leading Second. You know, at Leading Second, we believe that the only true lid that any church anywhere will ever experience is is a leadership lid. And it is our deep, deep passion at Leading Second to see leadership run deep in our teams, in our organizations. So we've created this resource. We've created this space for all of us who lead, even while we're not ultimately in charge. In other words, all of us who lead, even while we serve the vision of our lead pastors at our churches. So personally, I'm just so glad you found this space. So glad you're here. And hey, it's season three and we've got an upgrade for this season. Uh, We're not just audio this year. We actually get to do this face to face on video today. So I'm just so glad you're here. I hope you'll tune in every single week. The Leading Second podcast releases every Thursday morning, most months of the year. And a bit of a roadmap for you on, on where we're going. We plan to release a key episode, a fresh thought the first Thursday of every month, just a new, a new leadership thought or tension that we're going to wrestle through, uh, on that episode. And then the rest of the episodes that month will feature conversations and interviews, all continuing the conversation on that month's topic. So I just hope you'll be here. I hope you'll subscribe. In fact, it would mean so much to me right now. If you hit the subscribe button, however you're watching this, leave a rating, leave a comment, Uh, share this with someone who hasn't found this space yet and consider going through this resource with your team. Like what if we watch this together, wrestled through, had these conversations together? I believe our churches and our teams will ultimately be better. So for our first segment today uh, on the podcast, I'm excited to bring to you uh, what we call a two minute challenge. It's simply a challenge from a leader in the leading second tribe, a, a compelling thought, Uh, we wanted to bring it to you today. So let's check out this Leading Second 2-Minute Challenge.
1: Hey, Leading Second family. My name is Jay Humphrey. I get the incredible opportunity to be a location pastor here at Hope City Church in Houston, Texas. I'm excited to encourage and challenge you in something that the Lord's been really stretching our team in, and it's the thought of attunement. Attunement. Now, at Leading Second, we talk about alignment quite a bit, and it's one of the core pillars of what we do at Leading Second. It's creating alignment in the team with the senior pastor, alignment with the vision of the house and all that God is wanting to do in our churches. And alignment really is this deep buy-in, this deep-seated momentum into what the organization is doing and how it's going about doing it. Attunement is a little bit different. Attunement is all about the team themselves. Does the team feel loved? Does the team feel accepted and appreciated beyond just the contribution that they bring to the team? That's what attunement is. A high level of attunement means everyone on the team feels valued, loved, and appreciated for the unique things that they bring to the table, the unique people that they are. And it's something that God's been stretching us in and challenging us in is, are we creating attuned teams and this, this sentiment, this thought was reverberated when we went to the team church one day here in Houston just a little while back. And we heard Pastor Kevin Gerald teaching from his new book, Naked and Unafraid. It's gonna be a shameless plug because I just love it and I wanna do it anyway. Naked and Unafraid, if you haven't gotten it, get get it for your teams. Because Naked and Unafraid, this entire team church one day was about opening up and being vulnerable with, with each other. And that's really where attunement starts. We can't be synced at the heart and the spirit level as a team until we're willing to be vulnerable with each other. And it's an incredible, incredible teaching. I just want to encourage you, as you listen to this, find some tools, find some resources, whether it's Naked and Unafraid, some other tool or resource to help you understand yourself and your team better, maybe Myers-Briggs, maybe Enneagram, whatever it may be, move beyond just the things that the team brings to the table and to the people they are. Because here's what I know, if we can build highly attuned teams where everyone feels loved and valued for who they are, and then we can get in alignment together. There's nothing that the gates of hell can do to stop God's kingdom from advancing in our teams, in our churches, and in our cities. Love you guys so much. Hope this encourages you. Have an incredible, incredible time creating highly attuned teams.
0: So to set up season three of the podcast, uh, we wanted to have a conversation with you today. On leading in the tensions. Leading in the tensions. I think everyone listening to this today would agree that when you're leading from the middle, you will often experience tension. Now, we're not just talking about like disagreements with your leader or disagreements with another team member. That's not what we're referring to when we talk about tensions. When I say tensions, I'm referring to the pressures, oftentimes on all sides that we as leaders face in the second chair. John Maxwell calls it being a 360 degree leader. And for those of us in the middle, we often have to lead on all sides, but that means we're going to experience various tensions on all sides. I want to pause there for just a minute and remind all of us that uh, when we use the terms leading second or leading from the second chair, I just want to remind you that this applies to every single person In the church, any single person that's on a team that wants to see their church move forward, we all lead second. Leading second, in other words, is not determined by the proximity to the pastor. Leading second is a revelation that any single one of us can carry. If you have a heart to want to serve your church and want to serve your pastor, you want to carry the vision of your church forward, then you are leading second. So back to this thought on Tensions, when we lead from the middle, we will face tensions. It's the tension of being in charge while also having a boss. (laughs) It's the tension of knowing the right thing to do in any given situation. It's the tension, I would even say, of secular thinking versus kingdom thinking. You know, we have to fight to... To think like the kingdom asks us to think, to think in ways that honor God, not just the way that prevailing culture thinks. And I want to offer you this thought this entire season on the Leading Second podcast. And that is this you will not escape these tensions. Andy Stanley, I heard him say at one time at a conference, he said this statement that really changed my life. He said, In life, everything is either a problem to solve or a tension to manage. Just think about that for a second. In life, everything is either a problem to solve or a tension you manage. In other words, you walk into church and you see a light bulb out. What is that? That's a problem to solve. And you know, The light bulb is out. You change the light bulb. You, you fix the problem. But there's many things we experience as leaders that are tensions that will never fully resolve. We, in other words, we have to learn to lead through the tension, lead in the tension i'm going to be honest with you as a leader in the second chair myself i've I've been in the same church my whole life. I was in full time on staff ministry at church for ten years now for the last eight. I've served my pastor you know while while building other churches and serving other pastors in the context we get to. as a leader in the middle myself, I'm often not sure where I stand. sometimes, if I'm honest, it's not clear who I report to. At any given moment, sometimes it's not clear what my boundaries are. It's not clear who I can call on. It's not clear who I can work with sometimes. Uh, Sometimes the ask on my life and on my family is really big. And if I'm honest with you, I experience the tension of, I don't know how I'm going to get this done. I don't know how I'm going to do this. In other words, I think you'll agree with me. Uh, If you find yourself in the middle, I feel like I have some power, but often not enough power. I feel like I have some decision-making ability, but not always enough decision-making ability. And if we lean too far to one side or the other, when we're experiencing a tension, we can get into real trouble. In other words, when we try to solve the tension and we try to go to one side or the other, I want to argue today that we actually get ourselves into more trouble than if we lead through the tension. So we are going to devote months of space on this podcast. This is how important we see this issue. We're going to devote months of space to come to you and talk about tensions. And my prayer is that you can experience the peace of God, that you can be an effective leader, that you can do everything God's called you to do as a leader, even while there's tension going on in your world. The apostle Paul in Romans chapter seven and verse 15, it's really interesting. I feel like, like Paul understood, uh, tension. It says this, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, uh, but what I hate to do. (laughs) And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good as it is. I No, it's no longer I myself who do it. It's the sin living in me. Verse 18, he says this, uh, for I know that good itself does not dwell in me. That is my sinful nature for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. You know, this verse, he's basically saying, I don't do what I want to do. I, I do what I don't want to do. Can we just find ourselves in that, that even the great church builder, the apostle Paul experienced tension from all side. Um, my prayer is that we can help be a guide through the tensions you're experiencing. Okay. So let's take this one step further. Now, uh, this is going to help somebody. I want to offer you a really, really bold thought that you don't want to lead in an environment that doesn't have tension. Like, let's just go there for a second. When tension comes, we want to escape. When tension comes, we want out. And so we try to go to work to solve the tension. I want to argue for just a minute, you actually don't want to do that. You don't want to escape the tension. Every guitar player knows that they need the right amount of tension on each string to make music with their instrument. Too little tension, think about it, the string doesn't produce a sound. Too much tension and the string breaks. If you think about it even A larger instrument, a piano, has on average 18 tons of pressure being navigated between all of its strings. That's incredible. A concert grand piano would have up to 30 tons of pressure happening at any given moment on its strings. And here's the team lesson in this. Too little or too much tension, even on one string, can taint the whole song coming from that instrument, the entire instrument can sound bad. Even if one team member, even if one string has too little or too much tension. So you don't want an environment without tension. There's also this idea that as, as humans, we're in the animal kingdom. We are primate family. I guess you could say we have what are called opposable thumbs. And one of the things that sets us apart from every other animal in the entire kingdom is that We have opposable thumbs that can apply pressure to our fingers in order to pick up something, in order to grab something. It's what makes us effective. It's what makes us able to do what no other animal can do, having opposable thumbs. But think about it. It's being able to apply the right amount of pressure in order to accomplish something. Anyone who has ever broken their hand or their wrist or their arm and is ended up with their hand in a cast can tell you that your thumb is absolutely essential. Your ability to create tension is absolutely essential. The gospel itself is full of tensions. I hope I'm making my point today. I think I think you're going to start getting this. The gospel itself is full of tensions. The fact that we are saints and sinners simultaneously is a tension the fact that we are being saved and being sanctified while at war with our own inner man. That's what Paul was talking about. That's a tension, you know, in, in scripture, is it grace or is it truth? Well, it's both. There, there's a million tensions in scripture. And of course, as believers throughout history, we've tried to rush to one side of the argument or the other. When sometimes the very beauty of the gospel is found in the tension, even Jesus himself found himself in the greatest tension that we could have managed the tension of, of standing in the garden of Gethsemane and choosing to surrender himself to the authorities, knowing they would take his life. I mean, he was sweating blood. There was so much tension in that moment. So the gospel itself is even full of tensions. When tensions come, here's, I think where the problems pop up. When tensions of leading in the middle come, many leaders add up that something is wrong. So when the, when we experience tension, we set out to remove the tension because we assume something is wrong because I'm experiencing this. And in other words, we bought into the idea a long time ago that life and leadership was supposed to feel balanced and was supposed to feel perfectly In order, I know this is not going to go over very well with the Enneagram ones that are listening to me today, but let me remind you balance is an American culture idea. It is not a kingdom concept. I do not see balance in scripture. I do not see balance sending Jesus to the cross. I do not see balance in, in the story of the early church builders. When I read scripture, I see tension, I see people navigating. Very real scenarios, but here's the hope that we have all the way from the earliest church builders to us leading today in the church is that when we navigate the tensions well, that Jesus can play a beautiful song through us. Through our lives, through our churches, through our teams, the right amount of tension navigated well produces beautiful music, which in our context means the church moving forward, means people getting saved, means the anointing of God on our lives, on our leadership, on our churches when we navigate the tensions well. Let's talk about your team for a second. Your team is often going to be made up of people who have warring thoughts and opinions. I just want you to think about this because you're probably sitting on a team somewhere today. Your team is going to be made up of people who think differently, people who would make a different decision, people who would do something differently. Can I just ask you, is that wrong? Is, is that not how it should be? I mean, going back to the illustration of a, of a piano, every string you know, is essential because it plays a different note, which of course makes the song. In other words, even just for your team context today, wherever you're sitting, it's not the goal for everyone on the team to be the same. You want healthy tension on your team. You want um, the ability for people to bring their best, even if it's different. In other words, healthy tension is where new ideas are born. Healthy tension is where problems are solved. Healthy tension is the place of creativity that helps us solve problems and and get to new solutions. Healthy tension gets people talking and working together. It brings us to the table because the tension has demanded that we come to the table and healthy tension keeps us engaged and keeps us sharp. The beauty of the kingdom of God is that in the tensions, I also see the Holy Spirit as our helper, as our counselor. He is the power that we have as believers to navigate the tensions. So in other words, if we have to lead through the tensions, I guess I just wanted to remind you this as we land the plane today, you're not alone, that you actually have an advocate. You have a helper and you have a counselor called the Holy Spirit. And he wants to meet you every day. And he wants to fill you and he wants to empower you so that you can wake up every day. There might be very real tensions going on around you. It might seem really heavy sometimes. It might seem really tough. Your enemy wants you to quit. Your enemy wants you out of the tension. Your enemy wants you to go the other way. But we have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us that fuels us to make our way through the tensions And ultimately allow Jesus to do everything he wants us to do. In other words, the anointing on our lives comes, I truly believe, from navigating the tensions with Jesus at the center of our lives. Let me close today by offering you this thought just on on tension and pressing and sometimes what even would feel like crushing. This past summer, Lindsay and I had the opportunity to visit Israel for the first time, incredible, incredible experience. And during our trip, we were shown a first century olive press that would have been used, like in Jesus' day, to press olives and, and um, extract olive oil. You know, after olives are crushed and and prepared for the pressing, they are put into a basket and they are pressed. And this is where we have olive oil. Of course, in scripture, oil is a symbol for anointing and the anointing on someone's lives, which, which, by the way, I am just so done with natural leadership. Like I am so done with, you know, with results that operate in my strength. Like I don't need me to show up in ministry. I need Jesus and his anointing to show up in our lives and our ministries. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage on On people's lives. We don't need more talented leaders. We need more anointed leaders. We need leaders that have been through some stuff, who have walked through some stuff, who come out dripping with the anointing of God on their lives, because it is the the anointing on your life that could be someone else's freedom. When an olive is being pressed, the first time you apply pressure, I just, I found this so interesting. The first time you apply pressure, you get the best quality oil, but according to Jewish law, first fruits would be given to God. In other words, the oil taken from the first pressing would be um, not be used at home, would not be used for food, but would actually be taken to the temple and worship and offering the first and the best to God. The second time you apply pressure on an olive, you get good quality oil, which is often used for food, used for medicine, used for cosmetics. It's used for everyday life. The third and final time, though, an olive is pressed Um, The quality of the oil has decreased at this point and is even slightly colored red from the flesh of the olive. And this oil, though, while it cannot be consumed for eating, this oil is often used in oil lamps as if to light a home or to light a room. Going back to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, the word Gethsemane actually has a very strong connection to the olive press. I mean, the word Gethsemane literally means the press of oils. And we read how, when Jesus prayed under that moment of tension and pressure, he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. He even prayed to get out of it, by the way, he prayed, you know, if, if there's any way this cup can pass for me is if there's any way out. But then he said, those beautiful words on which we hang our hope today, Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. In other words, if I can't get out of this, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to navigate this tension because on the other side of this pressing, on the other side of this tension, is going to be salvation for the world. In fact, he prayed exactly three times the same number of times and olive would be pressed, even sweating blood the third time because he was under intense pressure. But through that, he became the light of the world. I just wonder... What Jesus can and will do in your life and in your leadership as a leader in the middle, as a leader in the second chair. If you will make a commitment today, I'm going to dig down deep and I'm going to navigate the tensions well. Instead of looking for a way out of this thing, I'm going to ask God for his help to get through this thing. I'm going to navigate this well. I'm going to make a commitment to bring my healthiest and my best every single day, even when I'm navigating tensions. I just wonder what song. Jesus wants to play through your life, a perfectly tuned string that he can use for his kingdom. So let me pray for you today. So Jesus, I thank you today for every leader that is listening to this, watching this today, every leader that has found their way to the space we call Leading Second. I thank you for them, God. What an incredible privilege and honor it is to have these moments where we wrestle through the tensions. And Jesus, I specifically pray right now for any single leader that feels like they're walking through something really tough, something that they're walking to feels like tension, feels like pressure. Jesus, I pray today that your word has illuminated something new on the inside of us. I pray for a holy commitment to rise up in every leader today that rather than look for the exit sign, or rather than look for the way out, Jesus, we're going to ask for your help to to navigate this well. we're, We're making commitments, in other words, whether we're driving out of the car, in a gym, in a room somewhere, Jesus, listening in as a team, we're just making commitments today, God, that we're going to lead through the tensions well and through it, Jesus, as we make those commitments and all year as we wrestle through this, I pray these commitments would honor you and Jesus, I pray you would use them. I pray you would play a song through our lives and our teams like never before. I pray that our, our words and our actions would drip with the very anointing of God that, that our, um, commitment to lead well through the tensions would be someone else's harvest would be someone else's freedom because of what you're able to do through us so we just ask for these things today jesus i ask you to break our hearts again for the vision of our pastors and our churches today that we would run strong for the kingdom in jesus name in jesus name amen well we love you leading second we consider it an incredible honor to get to have the space i hope that you'll hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening or watching this today um, consider leaving a rating comment sharing uh, we would count it an honor to have this space with you every week next episode uh, you're going to get to hear from some of my friends we're going to get together and we're going to talk about leading through the tensions unpack this a little more and see if we can explore this uh, topic a little more together so leading second we love you we're praying for you until next time let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. For more information, go to leadingsecond.com, where you can find our digital magazine. You can also follow us on Instagram, at leadingsecond, to keep up with our community
1: of uncommon church builders.